Hi, welcome back. My name is Nicole Suarez. Thank you for listening. In today's podcast, I'll be going into more depth on treating bulimia nervosa. Bulimia nervosa is characterized by a cycle of binge eating followed by some type of compensatory action to avoid weight gain. Researchers estimate that one to three women out of 100 will develop bulimia nervosa at some point in their lives. In men, the rate of diagnosis is only about one-tenth the rate in women. Although many Americans overeat by consuming too many calories per day, which helps explain why more than one in three are obese, binge eating involves consuming extreme amount of food within a restricted time frame, usually within two hours. While on a binge, a patient may eat an entire cake rather than one or two slices or a full gallon of ice cream rather than just a bowl. The Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, 4th edition, describes two subtypes of bulimia nervosa based on the strategy a patient uses to rid herself of excess calories. Patients diagnosed with purging subtype, the most common form, may self-induce vomiting or use laxatives or diuretics. And the non-purging subtype, patients may exercise excessively or stop eating for a day or longer. A vicious cycle of overeating and deprivation may begin in which patients eat to the point of physical pain. The the compensate so dramatically that they feel ravenously hungry. When the binge and compensation cycle occurs at least twice a week for three months, patients meet the DSM-IV diagnostic criteria for bulimia nervosa. Diagnosis is sometimes difficult because patients with bulimia nervosa tend to be ashamed of their eating behavior and engage in both binging and compensatory behavior in private. Because they rid themselves of excess calories consumed while binging, most patients maintain a normal weight. But the punishing compensatory strategies, especially repeated vomiting or laxative use, strain the body. In the long term, patients with bulimia nervosa risk developing a number of serious medical complications, including irregular menses or dehydration from reduced fluid intake, damage to teeth and gums from vomiting, electrolyte imbalances that can induce heart arrhythmias, and a variety of gastrointestinal disorders. Partly as a result of these complications, bulimia nervosa accounted for 24% of hospital stays caused by eating disorders in 2005 and 2006, ranking second only to anorexia nervosa. Family and twin studies indicate that bulimia nervosa is about 55% heritable, meaning that inborn genetic vulnerability confers only slightly more risk than environmental triggers, such as growing up in a culture that values being thin. Personal psychological profile also contributes. As with anorexia nervosa, girls most vulnerable to developing bulimia nervosa tend to be perfectionists, yet have poor self-esteem and self-image, especially about their weight or shape of their bodies. They may have trouble dealing with moods or controlling behaviors. Patients who have been sexually or physically abused in the past or whose family members often conflict with or criticize one another are also at more risk for bulimia nervosa as they are as they are for an other eating disorders. Bulimia nervosa most often develops in late adolescence or young adulthood, with 18 being the most common age of onset. Typically, this disorder appears at a time of transition, as from high school to college. A binge eating episode is often triggered by stress, a depressed mood, intense hunger, following calorie deprivation or abject feelings about weight or body shape. Treatment is usually multimodal and involves several types of clinicians. The goal is not only to restore normal eating behavior, but also to treat medical complications and address any underlying psychological problems. 
Although the exact treatment strategy depends on the patient's individual needs, the American Psychiatric Association guidelines for treating bulimia nervosa recommend starting with a combination of nutritional counseling and psychotherapy, preferably cognitive behavioral therapy. Nutritional counseling is to break the cycle of binging and compensation patients learn to structure and pace meals and to adjust daily calorie intake to the amount needed to maintain weight. Cognitive behavioral therapy is the research constant, the research constantly finds that cognitive behavioral therapy is the most effective type of psychotherapy for adults with bulimia nervosa. This therapy helps patients identify and change distorted thoughts about themselves and food that underlie their compulsive behavior and find better ways to cope with life stresses. A full course of cognitive behavioral therapy typically involves 20 sessions over five months. If 10 sessions of cognitive behavioral therapy do not substantially reduce symptoms, the APA recommends adding a medication. In practice, most clinicians find that combining cognitive behavioral therapy with medication or with other psychotherapy often works best, and the research supports this. Although cognitive behavioral therapy can rapidly break the cycle of binging and purging, combining it with medication or adding other types of psychotherapy in a stepped fashion as a patient involves is more likely to help patients deal with underlying psychological symptoms and avoid relapse. Interpersonal therapy is the therapy that frames problems as a function of difficulties in personal relationships and so tries to improve the relationships in order to address the eating disorder. In adults, this can be an effective psychotherapy. Self-help. Self-help strategies, including new internet-based modes as well as support groups, might help some patients with bulimia nervosa, but the research evidence is not as strong as it as it is for other therapies. It may be best to regard self-help strategies as an injunctive rather than the primary treatment for bulimia nervosa. SSRIs. The only FDA-approved medication for treating eating disorders is fluoxetine, other known as Prozac. Although most of the research has been done in adults with bulimia nervosa, a small open trial suggests that fluoxetine is also helpful for adolescents. Less research has been done about Zoloft, but a small randomized control trial found that it was also effective in treating bulimia nervosa in adults. When treating bulimia nervosa, the dose of SSRIs is higher than the prescribed to treat depression. It may be necessary to try several SSRIs in sequence to find the one that works best for a particular patient. To reduce risk of relapse, most clinicians recommend continuing antidepressants for at least nine months and usually for a year or more. Studies consistently report that SSRIs rapidly reduce the frequency of binge eating and purging as well as improve mood, but they also find that patients taking medication alone are more likely to stop treatment, which is why combining it with psychotherapy usually works best. Although many options exist for treating bulimia nervosa, the short-term response rate remains discouraging low, underscoring the need the, to be persistent. A review by the Cochrane Collaboration found that 42 to 49 percent of patients with bulimia nervosa achieved short-term remission after being treated with a combination of psychotherapy and medication, while 36 percent to 39 percent achieved remission after undergoing some type of psychotherapy alone, and 20 percent to 23 percent did so on antidepressant therapy alone. The long-term outlook is more encouraging. Studies that have followed patients with bulimia nervosa 10 years after they received a treatment at a titrated care medical center found that 70% have recovered. These are just a few of the treatment options that are used to treat bulimia nervosa. Thank you so much for listening. Have a 
nice night, morning, or whatever time you're listening to this at.